for what you're doing in my life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't you take your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Are you happy this afternoon? Amen. Did you have a nice lunch? Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's a time for, for fasting, but there's also a time for eating. <laughs> and when it's time to, eating, uh, time to eat, might as well enjoy yourself, right? And have some nice meals. That's why the Lord put taste buds on your tongue. Uh, so that we can enjoy nice things. Praise God. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, let's go to verse 5 just for a moment. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that you would come again with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. So, Father, as we're studying your word, let the knowledge of Jesus just explode. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, years back in, in America, maybe like 10 years ago, it was real popular. There was this thing called WWJD. What would Jesus do? And people had little bracelets and stuff like that. So, but really what it was is just everybody had their own ideas of what they thought Jesus would do. Uh, if you actually look at the scriptures, you kind of know what he would do. You have a good understanding. So I think uh, while those things are good, you also, you have to dig deeper. Uh, there was a very famous Christian song in America, pr probably about 10 years ago also, that came out. Uh, and in some ways, it was a very good song for that group. But if you're not in that group, it probably you probably shouldn't be singing it. The, so the song was called, I Can Only Imagine... And it basically goes into like, I can only imagine what it will be like one day when I see Jesus. While never really having a knowledge of that, you could see him now. I mean, you, you don't have to just wait till you get to heaven. And so, uh, now I understand that that song was basically embraced and administered to those that are in the evangelical circles in the body of Christ. But they also don't they're not aware of what we would call the baptism in the Holy Spirit, modern day miracles and things like that. So they can sing that song, but you shouldn't be singing that song. <laughs> as sweet as it is and as nice and very comforting for people that are in that category. But you're in a different category. Praise the Lord. You're in a Zadok priesthood. You're in a, you're in a group that's walking with the Lord that's going to see the glory of God. Can you say yes? yes. Now see, when John the Baptist was ministering, he was one prophet, he was one prophetic voice, basically saying, get ready, the Lord is coming. The Messiah, he's on the scene. Get ready, get ready. But when the Lord comes back again, it won't just be one person, it will be one corporate body that has a prophetic anointing. So a prophetic anointing is coming up on the whole church. Those that are open to it and those that are expecting the Lord's return. So it'll be a prophetic anointing. So God's going to put a prophetic anointing upon his people. So you need to be ready for that. Praise God. Now, there, there's a shift in the prophetic, but there's also a shift in the apostolic because, uh, let me give you a few examples. When uh, I first kind of like dove into the prophetic in the late 1990s, uh, everybody was into the eagle. You know, it's like the eagle represents the prophet. And uh, yeah, so all the prophets all over America, they, they would get their, their, their eagle statue and the, the prophets would put it in their office and then they get eagle pictures and everything was eagles everywhere. Okay, but uh, also those in the apostolic, because that started kind of popping forth too, they were into the lions. And so there was the slogan, let the, let the lions roar and let the eagles soar. And everybody was all excited. And so all the apostles, they started getting lion statues. <laughs> and so there's lions and eagles. But, but while they were moving forward, you still had the others that were still stuck. I don't know, back, back in way, way back, way back. You still have some Christians that are still there today where their symbol is still the dove. They, think, they still think the Holy Spirit is a bird. Now, they won't say he's a bird, but, you, you know, they're still stuck on the dove image. Well, that was, that was a long time ago. Hallelujah. But you need, to, you need to move with Israelites. You need to move with the cloud. 
because the cloud was was the air conditioning that kept them cool in the desert. And so you don't follow the cloud, you have full exposure to all the heat and all the elements. You also had the fire, you had to follow the fire, the pillar of fire at night, because that was also your protection and warmth. So the so the glory of the Lord is moving. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is coming back to the church, but it's coming back in new expressions. So uh, some some ministers they need to probably Put their eagle statues away. Get ready for the new thing. But see, sometimes people, they're, they're not too sure about what the new thing is. Can I tell you what the new thing that's coming? It's, it's not the eagle and it's not the lion. It's, it's actually, if, you, if you're looking for a representation of it, it's something that in the natural, it doesn't look too exciting. But it's actually the ox. Because it says in Proverbs where there, there's no ox, their stall is all clean. And that's what's going on in many churches. We have nice, clean surfaces, and the Holy Spirit never moves. Why? There's, the, there's not the presence of the oxen. And the ox represents the apostolic ministry primarily. Because the Apostle Paul talked about don't, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain. And Paul said, you know, did God write that in the Old Testament mainly because he's so concerned about oxen? He said, no, he wrote it for us. Now, he's talking about, in, in context, apostles, but it's also the work of God. See, the oxen pull the heavy loads. And it's not, it's not like it's really glamorous. You know, there's nothing glamorous about an ox. Now, a lion, yeah, that's weird. Everybody loves the lion. They're majestic. But this next, this next move of God is going to have the apostolic in it real strong. It's going to have the prophetic where that gets on the body. But there's going to be also the ox that's going to come forth. Woo, hallelujah. And you'll you be watching for that because it's a shift. Watch what God's going to do. And there's going to be tremendous movement in the church as we're going to move into the next wave of glory. Mm-mm. And we, uh, we are going to see, as our brother prophesied, about things we've never seen before. You're going, to, you're going to start to see that happen in the body of Christ. Really what you would almost call unbelievable miracles where you're going to think, I'm glad we got it on tape because I want to play that back and make sure my eyes weren't playing tricks on me. We're going to start to see things like that. Mm-mm. And God's going to let the, watch this, God's going to let the unbelievers see it too. Including the, the doubters and the powders and the do withouters. God's going to bring them in and let them look at it. The, the, the uh, agnostics, the atheists, will just let them come see. They can make up their own mind. But at least it will be presented to them. Can you say yes? Wow. I want to get you ready. Praise the Lord. Right now the church is at a place where the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they have come to the Jordan and they put their feet in the water. Okay. And the Lord, the Lord told Joshua, tell them when they get in the water, that's when I'm going to start moving. God's going to move the water out of the way. They're going to cross over on dry ground. The Israelites are going to come over. So it's time really for God's people to start going into the Canaan land, the promised land. Now, this is what many believers have done in church for, for ages. They've, they've sung songs like I heard when I was growing up. Uh, one day we'll cross over the Jordan River, and one day on the other side we'll be with the Lord forever, eating the grapes in the Canaan land. And it was always like one day when we die we'll get to, you know, to the Canaan land. No, but that's supposed to be in your lifetime. You're supposed to cross. Uh, you're supposed to cross over that river and go into the things that God has for you. The natural, the spiritual. God's got all kinds of things waiting for you. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. So you need to get ready because there's going to be a mighty lifting of God's people. Amen. He's going to literally make you the head, not the tail. Amen. See, the church has gotten really good at quoting Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm the head and not the tail. Well, see, we say it, but then you see so many people getting drugged back behind. You're like, hey, that, you're not supposed to be back there. God wants to bring you to the front. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. I want to get you ready for that. Praise God. Now, God is releasing all the help that you're going to need from this side and from the other side. You're going to have heavyweight backup behind you. Praise the Lord. You think about King Hezekiah. He had Isaiah. He had the prophet Isaiah in the corner backing him. Okay. So in this end time, you're going to have tremendous backing. We want to get into some of that today. Hebrews chapter 11. At verse 5, it says, by faith... Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Now, your faith, you can, you can use that faith as long as that faith is something God told you that you can have. 
And so the Lord had spoken to Enoch, basically, that I'm going to be taking you up. You're not going to, you're going to, you're going to skip right over the grave. I'm going to take you alive. So he had faith for that. If God tells it to you, you can step out on it and it will support you. Remember when Peter, he saw Jesus out on the water and he was very excited. And he said, Lord, if that's you, bid did I come to you. It's kind of a weird statement he made. I mean, what's Jesus supposed to say? Well, no, it's not really me. You're just seeing things. No, he's basically said, well, yes, of course it's me. Come on. And so he puts his, he, he puts his leg over the boat and he steps out on the water. And for a while he walked on the water. We have to give him credit, don't we? He was walking on the water. So what was holding him up? We could say, well, the water was, but it doesn't really hold people up. He, the, word, the word come. When Jesus said come, it'll, it'll hold you up. So get ready because he's going to call some of you into some things. If you just get the word, it will support you. If you just get the word, it will support you. Now, uh, one night, this, is, this has been almost 10 years ago now. So I've been, I've been walking on this one word the Lord gave me now for about 10 years. But one night, I, I told my wife, I said, I really feel I need to go down to the office and pray tonight. I, I feel like the Lord wants to talk to me. She said, well, go ahead and go and, you know, stay as long as you need to stay. I said, okay. So uh, I just grabbed a few things from the house, drove to the office, took about 15 minutes to get there. And I got there and it was eight o'clock at night. And I said, Lord, I really sense that you want to talk to me tonight. So I'm just going to hang out here with you and stay as long as it takes so that I can, you know, receive whatever it is that I sense you're wanting to share with me tonight. So eight o'clock at night. I just started praying and uh, walked around for a little bit in the office. Then I, try, I said, well, I might as well get down to business here and got on my knees and started praying. And so I just started praying as hard as I could. You know, praying in tongues and praying in English. Oh, God, I'm crying out to you. And I, I prayed real hard, real long, real strong. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought I had prayed like two hours. And I looked at my watch and I'd been praying for 15 minutes. <laughs> And I was like, whoa. Um, and I, I was like, wow, this is, uh, whoa. Ooh, ooh. I, so I you know, took my watch off. I don't even want to look at that. Whew. And so I said, well, let me just, let me go back into this again. And, and I just uh, started praying real strong and real hard again and just kept praying and praying. And I, and I knew this time I at least prayed for two hours this time. And went over and looked at my watch on the desk and I'd prayed for like for 20 minutes. And I was just like, now I, I was already feeling like wore out. And I hadn't even prayed an hour yet. I was just like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I, I did feel like, you know, that we've had that saying in the church, like a brass heaven. I actually felt like the roof of the, the office, like my prayers were going to the roof, just bouncing off and falling right back down. But that's how it felt. Now, we're all people of faith, so we're not going by feelings, but I'm just telling you, that's how it felt for me, like I was absolutely, totally wasting my time. And finally, I reached an hour, and when I had reached an hour of prayer, I, I felt like a, like a wet noodle that got wrung out, and uh, it's only nine o'clock at night. So I said, well, Lord, I'm just going to keep on pushing. I don't know what else to do. So I just kept praying, just, and I prayed, and I just went all out. And uh, prayed, prayed real hard, real long, and finally looked at my watch, and it was now 11 o'clock at night. And I felt like I'd ran a marathon all the way there and back. Uh, I, I was spent. I was totally spent. So I've been praying for three hours, but I had never felt such a, uh, I, I don't like, like I felt like I was wading through quicksand or something like that the whole time. And I said, Lord, I said, I don't understand what's going on. I really sensed you wanted to talk to me. And I, I, in the natural, feel like I have completely wasted my time tonight. But I do, I, I came here with a real strong witness in my spirit. You wanted to talk to me. So despite, despite these feelings that nothing's going on, I'm still going to stay here. And if it takes all night, I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on praying. So I got back into prayer and started praying and tried to just get back into it real strong and started praying again and get, just kept going at it. And in about 10 minutes after 11, just 10 more minutes, I hit, I hit the gusher. As they say in Texas, when they drill for oil, I hit the gusher. And um, so, suddenly, suddenly it was like a king or a sovereign walked into my room 
and when you know when a sovereign comes in they have the the glory the train of the glory uh it filled the room with glory the glory of the lord just filled that office that i was in and i was like wow and up in the corner of the room by the ceiling there's a light like a ball and it, a light formed and out of that light the lord began to talk to me i heard his voice he, he started talking to me and uh, he said, I want to talk with you about your apostolic ministry. I want to talk with you about different elements of your ministry. So he started talking to me. This was a 45-minute conversation. And I'm listening, and I'm, and I'm writing, and I'm taking notes. And then after 45 minutes, by the way, aren't you glad I didn't go home? I sure am. Can you imagine what I would have missed? I would have missed all of that if I went home. And so after 45 minutes of seeing that, that light, after 45 minutes, he stepped out of that light and just kind of like went whoosh, and stood right there as a person. And I could see Jesus, the person, the man standing there. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so uh, get ready because when I, when I tell these stories, uh, there, it releases anointing, okay, for things for you to step into. So the Lord stood there. I've, I've seen him before, but it's always a thrill when you see the master. I mean, remember, this is the head of the church. I mean, even the Pope gets on his knees to Jesus. Even, even the denominational leaders get on their knee, knees before Jesus. Everybody bows. He's over everybody. Hallelujah. And truth be told, he's over the whole world and universe. Saints, sinners, they're all going to bow before him anyhow. So he stood there. And um, so, you know, this, this is the guy that's got all command and all control. And he says, I have a gift for you. Hallelujah. How many of you like to get gifts from Jesus? And so on. Um, so... He took his hand, and there was like a curtain that, or like a veil that suddenly like appeared in the spirit realm. There was a curtain there, and he took that curtain, and he pulled it back. And there was my gift standing there, and it was a horse, the, the largest horse I've ever seen in my life. And it, it wasn't a racehorse or thoroughbred. It was like an old-world Belgian draft horse. The, the neck on this on that thing was like this big. Big, giant neck. It was like a Clydesdale-type horse. And it was probably about 15 feet tall, up to where the saddle was at. And um, the Lord said, he said, this angel, and then remember, if you read Zechariah chapter 4, go through Zechariah, you see angels taking the appearance of horses. Even in, in, in John Wesley's commentary, he said those are obviously angels that are shape-shifting into horses. Okay, so angels can do that. Okay, and the Lord said, that angel is the angel that is now assigned over your international tra travels. And he said, whenever you travel for me, you will now go business class. How about that? Praise the Lord. Now, now before that, for years... Me and Kelly had traveled all over the world preaching, and it, I don't know why it happened, but it almost always happened on those long flights. We'd be not just in the economy class, we'd be in the back of the back. We'd be on the seat that was usually bumped up against the toilet. And so, so everybody else, you reach cruising out to everybody else hits the recline button, pushes their seat back. So I'm pushing mine, and mine won't go back. And I've got to sit there for 13, that's a long way to India. That's 13-hour flight out of, you know, you know, Newark, New Jersey. And so you're like, wow, this is going to be a long haul. Well, I did that stuff for years. And so when the Lord is basically saying, I'm giving you an upgrade in your mode of travel, I was like, ooh, Lord, I receive, hallelujah, I receive. And this was for me, my wife and daughter. Now our daughter's grown up and she's, you know, she's, you know, out, she's an adult now. So it's just me and my wife now. But I tell you, for, for years, the Lord sent miracle provision where all three of us traveled all over the world when I would go minister business class. That's almost unheard of. Because a, a minister, when they invite you, they'll pay your airfare economy. Maybe, maybe they may cover your wife. But for only one economy ticket covered, but then God bumps everything up where all three of us were going business class. I was traveling one time and a man looked at me. He was an officer in the Navy sitting in uh, the first class with me. He said, how? How did you do this? He said, I have to be honest. I'm only up here because I, uh, I got upgraded because of my miles. How do, you do, how do you travel like this? He said, are you like some kind of super wealthy guy? I said, it's the grace of God. I said, it's the blessing of the Lord. Now, 
Now the Lord told me, he said, the name of your angel is Mysterion. He's also a church historian. Well, I, I'm a church historian. That, you know, you hear me tell my stories about the saints and things like that. So I love, I love books about church history and things like that. Well, my angel does too. Hallelujah. But this angel, uh, his name was Mysterion. And the Lord said, his name is actually recorded in my word. And so after, after I had that vision, I grabbed my Bible and I grabbed my Greek English lexicon and I began looking up that, that, that word, that name. And it's all through the Bible in the New Testament. The word mysterion, you, you'll find it in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 2. But it, it's, it, it's in reference to the mysteries of God. The word mysteries or mystery is the word mysterion in the Greek. So the angel is named after the mysteries of God. Praise the Lord. Now, here's what I want to share. Again, visions supernatural encounters it's more than you just saying I saw an angel I saw a blue angel what does it mean I have no idea what, what did you receive I didn't receive nothing well no no the real things from God they're coming to help you get to where you need to go in life they are coming so that your destiny your calling can be realized these are not just stories to tell these are real events that after you've had that encounter, something's happened to you. And you step into a new dimension with the Lord. Hallelujah. Your life experience changes. So having come out of that now, it's been, it's been like um, right around 10 years. I've flown all over the world. And all of these different airlines. I, I remember one time that I had to get to Israel. And um, uh, this was a much needed ticket. Do you know why? I was the tour leader. <laughs> so everybody else had their tickets. I didn't tell anybody, but guess who didn't have his? The tour leader didn't have his. Lord, I'm believing for the money. And I'm believing for the money to go business class. Okay? Because the Lord said it would come. The Lord said it would come. So I need three tickets. And I needed $13,100. And the ticket date was, or the, the departure date was getting closer and closer. And I would get the emails. Pastor Stephen, I'm so looking forward to going with you on that trip. And I reply back, yep, we're going to have a great, great time. And I don't even have my ticket. I get another email, Pastor Stephen, we're going to have a marvelous time in Israel. I said, see you in the Holy Land. And I don't even have any tickets. They've all got their tickets. And um, I, I'm like the last one. And so, um, you know, if you get within the two-week time frame, the international ticket prices, they just go, they go crazy. I said, now, Lord, I know you're the smartest businessman there's ever been. And I said, I need $13,100, and I need it now. And I spoke to that angel, Mysterion. I said, I, I can't see you right now like I did in that vision, but I know you're on, I know you're on it. I know you're on it. You're working. See, he's a workhorse. But you've got to put your angels to work. I said, I know you're going to get it to me. And so, um, but time kept going. Time kept going, and we got down to like the very, just uh, like talking last moment. And uh, I said, Lord, I said, you, you've always come through for me. I know you'll do it. And uh, so it was about midnight when me and Kelly were at home. And Kelly sat up in the bed and said, Stephen, something's not right. Something's wrong. I'm, I'm getting in my spirit that something has gone wrong with our mail. I said, well, what could it be? Could something have been accidentally come in and maybe not checked or I said, this is what I'll do. I'll go down to the office and I'll go through all the mail and I'll see if anything was thrown into the trash cans that maybe just shouldn't have got there, but maybe did get there. Well, by the time I got to the office uh, and, you know, got dressed on, it was about one o'clock in the morning and I, I checked all the mail on the desk. Everything seems fine. But I thought, well, maybe something got thrown in the trash that wasn't supposed to. And I go to look at the trash. All the trash has been taken out of the office. The lady has already taken it out, so it's been thrown in the dumpster, the big dumpster. So I go out to the dumpster at 1 o'clock in the morning, open up the lid to the dumpster, and the dumpster is just packed full of trash. I thought, well, this is going to take a while, but there's only one way to do it, one bag at a time. So I reach into the big dumpster, grab a bag of trash, take it out, open it up, and start going through it, you know, hoping somebody doesn't drive by and think, okay, wonder what he's doing. So anyhow, I'm just... You know, I'm you know, out there under the lights, going through all the trash. Uh, oh, there's the old rotten banana peel that somebody had. There, there's all the coffee grounds. Here's the last lasagna meal that we had. Okay, nothing in this one. Let's get the next one. The next bag of trash. Open it up so going through all the trash. And uh, I, got, I got to the very last bag in the dumpster. 
Yeah, I went through everything, uh, like all these different bags. I got to the very last bag in the dumpster and uh, set it down, opened it up, and um, uh, there was all kinds of liquid stuff at the top and gooey, goofy stuff. And, uh, but got down to the bottom of the bag and it, it was dry and there was an envelope that had not been opened in the bag. And uh, Kelly called our secretary, uh, we have a different secretary now, but she called the secretary and said, uh, did you throw some mail out? She said, yeah, I threw some mail out. She said, I thought it was just like, you know, those credit card applications. That's what it, that's what it looked like. And Kelly said, well, did you open it up to check? She said, oh no, I just threw it in the trash. You get those all the time. <gasps> and I, I thought, well, that doesn't look like a credit card uh, application to me. And I, I picked it up and I opened it up and it was, a, it was from one of our ministry partners. And I opened it up and I took it out and it said, Pastor Stephen, we just received a blessing. We wanted to send it over to you. Please feel free to use it for whatever you want to. Uh, it was a check for $13,100. <laughs> Glory to God. Ooh. So it's now about 2 in the morning. I'm out dancing out by the trash dumpsters, dancing. Hallelujah. Amen. Cash it. And then, of course, it was good. It went right through. Money's right in the account. Get online. Click, click, click. Get the tickets. Off to Israel we go. Hallelujah. Business class. Hallelujah. Lay the seat flat. Turn it into a bed. Go to sleep. Have the stewardess take my shoes off. Go, in, go into there and you'll get all spruced up in the nice restroom with the flowers in it. And, oh, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. See, there's some places you need to be for divine connections. There are some places you're supposed to be in these higher levels because God wants you. Let me first of all say you belong there, okay? And second of all, God needs you there because things are supposed to happen there that pertain to your calling. Mm. Well, I, I had another one of these things, yes. I was just going to say that I sense that some people are wondering why didn't you just buy an economy class ticket? But what they need to understand is that the Lord told you. Told me. That Going forward, you would always travel business class, and you had to trust him for those tickets every time for three people. Right. But if you hadn't obeyed the Lord, you would have been disobedient. That is right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Amen. If I would have given in and bought economy class tickets, I would have been in disobedience. Well, Pastor Stephen, you should just be humble and fly back there. Not when he told me step out and do that. You never, ever have to apologize for anything that Jesus tells you to do. Thank you, Lord. So for me to, to just take economy would not be humility. It would actually be disobedience. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, I had another time uh, when I was going to go to Israel, <clears throat> and I needed some tickets again. This time, I knew I had to get into the business class again. <clears throat> now, watch this. On the way over there, flying on the same plane was Sid Roth at the front. Uh, he's riding in business class. I said, Sid, <clears throat> I, said, um, I said, later, I said, you're going to be in Israel. I, I was actually going to speak for him, and I, I did one mic for him. I said, later, though, can you pray for me? I want you to pray a special prayer for me. He said yes. <clears throat> but he got so busy, he never, he never prayed for me. But coming back, coming back on that international flight, um, I was flying in business class, and I, I put my, my seat down. It turned into a bed, and it laid flat. And I laid down, and I went to sleep. Just like this. Watch this. Praise God. <clears throat> I was sound asleep. I was sleeping at 38,000 feet in the sky. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus. Sound asleep. And suddenly, while I was asleep, I somehow knew that somebody was staring at me. I didn't know what, but I opened my eyes. And there was this tall, old man looking down at me. You know, when you just wake up, you can't see too good. I thought, is that Elijah the prophet? <laughs> but the man spoke and said, Hi, Stephen, it's me, Sid. Oh, so, oh sorry, Sid, let me wake up. <clears throat> so it was, it was Sid Roth. <laughs> he said, you had asked me to pray for you, and I got so busy I forgot. 
I said, yes. I said, I want you to pray for me. I want the television anointing. Oh, he said, you want a mantle for television? I said, yes. He said, well, I've certainly got that. And he does, doesn't he? And so he said, because I have that, I can release that to you. <clears throat> so there, at 38,000 feet in the sky, he's laying hands on me and praying over me in the business class. And he doesn't care if people walk by. He's just praying. He's praying. He's praying. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, our, our new television program just launched a few, a few weeks ago. And so God's moving on that area, praise the Lord. But see, I could not have gotten that in the back of the plane. Because he's not back there in the back of the plane. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Tell the person on your left, God wants to bump you up. Mm. Tell the person on the right, I, I receive it. Praise the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Mm. 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 New mantles, new anointings. But I'm trying to tell you that these visions, these encounters, they are real deposits in your life. And when you get something from the Lord out of these experiences, it will hold up and it will support you. Can you say yes? yes. Praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> one time I was praying in my house. I was on my knees just like this. <clears throat> and I was just spending time with the Lord. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. And suddenly I went into a trance and I was taken up into heaven. And when I was in heaven... I have found myself sitting inside of a jet airplane, a private jet, flying in heaven. How about that? I, I already know that the jet was an angel. The angel took the shape of a jet. But I'm flying in the jet, and there's nobody flying it up, up the, in the uh, front seat. There's nobody there. And so I'm flying in this private jet, and I, I look over to my side, and there sitting in the seat next to me was the saint named Joseph of Cupertino. Now, let me talk to you just about, about him just for a moment. <clears throat> he was born in the year 1603. He died in the year 1663. His name was Joseph. His father was very poor and was in great debt. He died and left his, left his wife in debt. And so they had so much debt that Joseph was actually born, they say, in the stable where the animals were at. And so he was very, very poor as a little child. He grew up in deep poverty, and he could not pay attention in school. The teachers all called him the idiot, and they thought something was wrong with him. And as he grew up in life, he just could not do anything good. They tried to get him a job as a shoe repairman, but he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do anything. If he, they tried to get him to wash dishes, he would drop the dishes. So they thought there's only one thing he can do. Let's send him off to a monastery. And none of the monasteries will accept him because monasteries at that time also were centers of religious training and a lot of academics. So they would not take him in. But finally his condition was so bad he kept begging. One monastery let him in. They said we'll let you in to take care of the donkey. And so he was the one that, that fed the donkey took care of the donkey, but God began to put an anointing on him. And he became so brilliant and so wise that the leading theologians and scholars of Europe would travel to visit him to ask him the most complex theological questions, and he could answer them all. And he ended up becoming ordained, becoming a priest. But here is the thing. Joseph of Cupertino was known as the flying monk. You heard that right. The flying monk. Now, those that studied his life said he probably spent more time in the air than he did on the ground. In the 1700s, when the Pope was involved in the canonization records of recognizing him as a saint, there were over 70 witnesses of people that validated that he flew. Matter of fact, when they took Joseph of Cupertino to Rome to meet the Pope, when he went before the Pope, he got so ecstatic and so happy in the Lord that up he went again and flew, flying all over the, all of the Basilica of Rome in front of the Pope. 
And the Pope said, well, if you need a witness, when if ever, this guy ever becomes a saint, I'll certainly vouch for him. And, um, but he was actually witnessed by thousands and thousands of people in flight. Mm. The, I, I don't want you to think also that this is too far out there. I could give you the names of at least 10 people right offhand who were known for levitating when the Spirit of God would come on them. And it's actually happened all over the world. I have a picture uh, actually on my phone, in my, uh, wherever my phone's at right now. Oh, there, there it is right there. I've got a picture on my phone of an American preacher back in the 50s healing revival when he's preaching as an eight-year-old child preaching in the 50s healing revival, lifted this high off the platform while he's preaching. Praise the Lord. Ooh, thank you. I'll take a drink of that right now. Ooh, it's hot. Praise God. Can you say glory to God? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, now, Joseph of Cupertino was known as the flying monk. He's actually buried in Osimo, Italy, and they have him in a special coffin that's held up by these angels. And so he's like elevated. So today around the world, he's known as the patron saint of all pilots and of anybody that has anything to do with flying. Okay, so I'm on this jet airplane in heaven and I look next to me, there's Joseph of Cupertino, the flying monk, sitting next to me. And you know what he did? He stood up and he walked through the wall of the airplane and stood out on the wing. Well, I thought I might as well go with him. He seems like he knows what he's doing. So I somehow was able to walk through the wall of the airplane too. I'm standing on the wing and I can look down and I can see we're flying in heaven over like, we're not in the city, we're in the, uh, the outer parts of, the, uh, of heaven. Like, it's, like a, it's like a giant planet, okay, so we're flying over green mountain areas. And we're standing on the wing, and he just looks at me and, smile, and, and smiles and just steps off and starts falling. And I thought, oh, we're in heaven, we can do that. I step off with him too, and then just start flying. He's already flying, and I start flying with him. You're gonna do this too when you get to heaven. Mm. So we flew all over heaven, and then, then I could see the heavenly city. We're flying towards it. We go into the city, and we land. Now, I'm sharing this with you because, remember, when you have encounters, they're, they're more than just something that you can say, I saw the Lord. Although that is awesome, and you're going to get a big thrill out of that. But there's a purpose. There's prophetic meaning. You have to be able to unravel that and find out, what was the Lord trying to show with me through that experience? Okay, so we land in the heavenly city, and uh, we're on a gold street. It's not even a street. It's more like a, this is like a, like a very high-level park area, just beautiful. This man walks up to me. He's one of the 24 elders. I don't even know if I should call him a man. I don't know what he was. I just know he looked like he was probably like a million years old. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, the 24 elders, there's a lot of mystery about them. Um, all I can say, he just looked like a really old guy. Long white beard down the here and long uh, white kind of gray hair. Um, but uh, he came up to me and he had, a, he had a golden scepter in his hand. At the top of it, it had a red ruby. And the red represents wisdom, the wisdom of God. And he said, he said, you have not been sleeping good. I said, no, I haven't. And something happened with my body clock. I got close to 50. And it's just, I couldn't, before that, I could just fall asleep anywhere. I'm tired, lay down, go to sleep on a plane, back of a bus, anywhere. And that, that was always a big asset for me when traveling. But something in my body clock started getting off and I, I just couldn't sleep. And it's no fun to wake up tired in the morning. So he said, you haven't been sleeping good. I said, no, I haven't. And he took that, that staff, that scepter, and just plunged it right into my heart, just like that. That ruby went right into my heart, praise God. And he just held it there, held it there for about three minutes. And he didn't take it out, kind of like smiling at me. And it was warm, it felt soothing. And he just held it there. After a few minutes, he just pulls it out. He's and basically saying, you'll be fine now. Hallelujah. And I thought, this is wonderful. And the next thing I know, I'm back, in my, I'm back at my house on my knees. Praise the Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. That very day, I never have had another problem with sleep. Right back to normal. That night, right back to normal. So I'm just telling you, these, these things are real. Was it fun to meet one of the 24 elders? Yes. But it was also, something came out of that. So I, I, I sleep I'm perfect now. Praise the Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. But see, what I'm trying to say also is that the help that you need 
with the projects or the assignments that God has for your life, I want you to know you're going to have backup. Okay? Okay. You're going to have an angel assigned to you. You already have a personal angel, like a guardian angel. But when you have assignments from God, you get these other angels that come help you in those areas. Okay? So you're going to get an extra angel. You will also have two heavenly saints who take an interest in you. And I'm not necessarily talking about your grandmother who may be in heaven or somebody like that. But there's other saints because of the way God made you. They take a, they take a liking to you. They just look down from heaven and they, they're just like, you know, I just like that person. They kind of remind me of me. And uh, Lord, can I, can I watch over that one and uh, make sure that that person uh, fulfills their calling? And there's assignments like that. And so in the last days, you're going to see that there is truly only one church. The church in heaven is not a different church from the church on earth. We're just one church. And so there's, there's one body, praise the Lord. And God's going to send angels to help you. And God's going to send the holy saints also at times you'll even see them to help you. So what is the next phase of our ministry that we're moving into? Owning a private jet. Praise the Lord. And I've got some help. I've got some help on that from the other side. And they're helping me on that, praise the Lord. And you're going to need that help also. We're, we're actually in the, in, the, in the phase right now of endeavoring to buy a hanger. Because it's like if you want a horse, you have to have somewhere to put the horse before the horse shows up. So that's what we're doing. We're going to buy the hanger. Once we get the hanger ready, then we'll bring the jet in. But see, that's why God has given me help. Not just angels, but others. St. Joseph, because he's the patron saint of flying. Praise God. Some of you are going to begin to meet some unusual saints. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord's allowed me in heaven to meet uh, William Seymour, the man that was involved in the Azusa Street Revival. He actually prayed for me in heaven and, uh, and, had prayed, and told me to pray for the tough cases. And he said, go for, go for the ones that people think can't be fixed. Go for autism, Down syndrome, uh, Down syndrome. He said, pray for anything that would be a difficult case and pray real hard in faith on hard cases. So I like going after the hard cases, praise the Lord. And I've met other saints in heaven. Um, one time, the Lord took me to heaven and I met a man named Lonnie Frisbee, who was involved in, in, in the 1970s in the Jesus movement in America. And that kind of started uh, like the hippie movement that was going on. But Lonnie Frisbee was the main man that God had his hand on. Him and Chuck Smith, who started all the Calvary Chapel churches. But uh, Lonnie Frisbee, he... He was like a Samson. He had a tremendous anointing, but he came out of such a pagan background of homosexuality and just raw hedonism that when he got saved, God greatly anointed him, but he struggled with his flesh. And it was something that he never got the victory over. And although he loved the Lord and endeavored to serve the Lord, it was something in his private life that he never could get the upper hand. And so he died, he died young. Well, I saw him in heaven. And the Lord told me, I chose him knowing his weaknesses. And the Lord told me, many of the ones I choose, I choose them on purpose because they have these weaknesses. So they'll be reliant on, on me and lean on me. Mm. So he began to talk to me about Lonnie. And he, he introduced me to Lonnie Frisbee. They're in an area of paradise in heaven. Well... It was sometime after that, I was in Southern California, and I was talking to one of my spiritual mentors who was greatly used by God in the Jesus movement in Southern California. And I, I told him, I said, hey, uh, I was in heaven, I met Lonnie Frisbee. He said, you met Lonnie in heaven, he actually made it? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, he made it. He said, I didn't know he even made it. I said, yeah, he made it. He wasn't perfect, but, but you know, he asked God for forgiveness and God forgave him and he made it in. Did he fulfill his calling? Not really, but at least he's there in heaven. But Lonnie Frisbee prayed over me uh, in heaven. And uh, see, there's a new move of God that's going to come. And you need to let the Lord prepare your heart. And uh, any little secret issues, let the Lord just work all of that stuff out. Let, let all that stuff fall off so that you can go on with God and be involved in this next move. Can you say yes? Yeah. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 5. You thought I forgot that verse, didn't you? <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. 
By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did, not, he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay, so Enoch lived to be the age of 365 years. Is that correct? Okay, so how many days are in a year? 365 plus maybe sometimes a leap year, right? Okay, so every day you need to walk close with the Lord just like Enoch did. That's what that's representing. But here's something that will really help you. It says Enoch had sons and daughters. He had a family. This is what most people say. Pastor Stephen, I cannot serve the Lord the way sometimes you teach and talk about because I've got a family. I'm married. I've got children. I can't make this happen. I'm too busy. Well, how come Enoch could do it? Because he had sons and daughters and he still had a deep walk with God. Mm -mm. Praise God. You need to go for that. You need to go that route. How many of you heard the testimony of Jesse Duplantis uh, when he went to heaven for five hours and 15 minutes? Isn't that a great testimony? I enjoy this testimony. I like Brother Jesse. He, he actually went to another church and he taught about other things he saw that probably he couldn't tell when he actually shared that original message at uh, Pastor John Olstein's church. If you listen to the video or watch it on YouTube, you'll think this is really good. But you should hear the tape of what he talked about in a small church about what he saw that maybe you can't tell everybody in the, in the large church. Would you like to know a little? I get a big yes from behind me. Amen. The, the apostle is hungry for the things of God. Jesse said he was walking with King David through heaven. And um, they came upon a mansion that was beyond any kind of mansion. That, uh, they're all amazing. But this one was just like, wow, this is mind boggling. And Jesse said, he said, David, he said, who lives there? David said, the widow woman that gave the two mites. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was worth just you coming out today. Mm, amen. Oh, you're going to step into the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He was in heaven. And he was walking in this one area with King David. And he saw this building. That was very different from the other buildings in heaven. It was just mysterious, sacred, holy, phenomenal. And of course, everybody wonders what's in the building. David said, uh, Jesse said to David, what's in that building? And King David said, nobody knows what's in that building. Not even Enoch knows what's in that building. Mm -mm. Implying Enoch still is just like that with the Lord. Mm. I tell you, when you walk with the Lord, he'll, he'll do the most unusual things in your life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. You've got a, you've got a home in heaven. You have a mansion in heaven. Let me say it like this. Potentially, you can have a mansion. But you really need to live all out for the Lord while you're here. Um, I used to be a chapter president for the full gospel businessmen's Fellowship International. My chapter was in the city where the world headquarters was at. And at that time, Richard Shakarian was the, the president of FGBMFI. So because I'm right next to the world headquarters, they would bring in all the, you know, super successful multimillionaire businessmen that were spirit-filled. And, well, when they would come to visit, they would send them right over to my chapter to testify. Because I, so I'm constantly getting the very best speakers. I mean, it was wild. We had people getting saved, getting healed. And there's amazing fragrance coming in right now. There's a perfume. Amen. Okay, so get ready. We're going to hit, we're going to hit your mansions, okay? Get ready. Okay, so, so uh, I was chapter president, and the fragrance is real heavy. It's perfume. It's going. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. What took place? I had a treasurer. It's kind of funny. His last name was Mr. Swindler. You think he's going to swindle all the money, but he was very, very ethical, very highly integrous. Uh, Brother Swindler, how's our money doing? Oh, it's all there. It's all there, Brother Stephen. Good, good. Keep, good, keep good tabs. So, so uh, uh, Mr. Swindler would take care of all the money. Uh, his wife, Maya, was a prophetess. 
And so oftentimes when, when uh, Demas Shikarian, the former president, when he needed a word from God, he'd be like, where's Maya? Where's Maya? And it was actually Maya that one day the Lord spoke to her and said, get in your car, drive here, drive here, drive here, stop, go into that business right there, tell that man, quit his business, I'm calling him into the ministry full time. That man became my pastor, Dr. Gary Greenwald, who said, who said, there's no way I'm quitting my business. This is, this is like a, I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars in my sign business. And she said, you better quit that business. He said, I'm not quitting this business. He said, I'd have to go bankrupt before I quit this business. He was bankrupt in about three weeks. <laughs> Every contract dried up, everything dried up. Couldn't play his employees or had to take a loan out to play his employees and apologize to God for you're not obeying the prophetess. Hallelujah, obeying, obeying God. <laughs> so Maya's in every meeting. She's in every meeting with us, sitting at the table with us. We'd have the speaker come in, share his testimony. Everybody's blessed. The speaker leaves, all the people leave. And then we, we, you know, we count the budget, make sure the budget, everything is good. And then we start talking, uh, Maya, because she had a deep walk with the Lord. Maya, tell me more about your walk with God. Tell me some more about your trips to heaven. She said, well, I remember the time God took me to heaven and allowed me to see my daddy in heaven. Ooh, I said, I want to know. So she said, well, I was in prayer, got caught up in spirit, and I, I, I'm taken by an angel to my father's house. She said, I'm going to see my dad who died years and years ago. See, I'm going, I'm going to his house. She said, the, the angel said, the Lord has allowed it. He's permitted it so I, we can do this. So she goes to see her dad and um, gets to his, can I call it a house? She said it was more like a nice, like, condo. Uh, now, now remember, anything in heaven is beyond... And she's going, no, no. <laughs> anything in heaven is beyond anything on earth. So it's still gorgeous, right? But she's there talking to her dad. Hey, dad, it's great to see you. Uh, uh, but she had to ask the question, hey, uh, dad, I couldn't help but notice while I was being taken to your place, there's some, uh, some whopper mansions around here. Uh, well, how, come, how come you're living in this little apartment? He said, Maya, I never told you this when I was on the earth. But the whole time I was on the earth, God called me to be a preacher, and I never obeyed him. So the Lord holds me responsible for all the lives that were not touched because I never preached one time. And that's why I'm in this apartment. Mm. You preachers hearing me today? You need to, you need to run, run all out. You can rest when you get to heaven. The day you see Stephen Brooks on a golf course, no, I've, I, I'm, I'm backslidden. <laughs> You won't find me on no golf course, hallelujah. <laughs> Hitting golf balls. and I don't have time for that. Amen. Now, there's a place for relaxation. But uh, I've, had, I've had a lot of ministers ask me, why don't you come play golf with me? Why don't you play golf? My answer, because I would probably like it. I would probably like it. Then I'm going to want to do it. I, I, but I don't want to get pulled into it. When I get to heaven, then you'll find me on the golf course. Okay. <laughs> And you know, Maya said, you know, she said it was so nice when I was there at my dad's house, though, to see him. So nice to see the little family dog that I grew up with. Told me the doggy's name. There's the dog, you know, she hadn't seen the dog in 30 years. There's a little dog running all over the little apartment in heaven. Mm. I had a situation. I was preaching in my church. I think it was a Wednesday night. The day before... Our dog, I can't remember how old she was, 14, I think. She had traveled with us in the motorhome all over the country for years while we preached. We had put everything in storage and went traveling. Later, when I took things out of storage, when we actually had a house, I couldn't, I was like, wow, we, we have all this stuff. I'd forgotten we had all this stuff. But it was kind of nice. But during that time, we just traveled all over the country, preaching, preaching, preaching. And that dog traveled with us. And at night, she would sleep right by the motorhome door to protect us. Because many times we're in cities or towns where there's sometimes an element of danger. But she would always sleep there, protect us, and uh, always, always would tell her, one day you're going to have a house with us, and you'll have a big green grass yard, and you can run and play. But the ministry just kept going. We kept traveling, and we never had the house until she got so old she couldn't run. <laughs> now she's so old and arthritic, and she can't even hardly move. And uh, she, but she was so sweet, and she would sleep often right on the bed with me, and we traveled. Uh, Kelly and uh, Abigail, uh, Abigail, our daughter, would sleep in the back, just seemed more safe and stuff. 
So, um, but I just love the dog. You know, it's like, there was like a bonding. Well, uh, she got so old, she was in great pain. Uh, and she was just skin and bone. I took her to the vet. The vet gave her a, slot, a shot and put her to sleep. But I was there when it happened. She fell into my arms. And when that happened, it hit. I didn't think it would happen. It hit me like wham. And I and just I began to weep and cry. I, I thought I can handle it, Kelly. I'll, I'll go take care of this. But oh, I was undone. I was just totally just like completely came undone, weeping and crying and stuff like that. And I, I could hardly drive home. I could I could hardly function. I was so sad. And I was like, Lord, I wanted her to be able to run and all that. And I just but she's gone. She's gone. And uh, so the next day, I was still very sorrowful. But I had to preach, I had to minister to the people. And so I ministered the word. And uh, right after I was saying, or actually, right when I was saying the, the closing prayer to dismiss, I went into a vision. And I said, I told the people, I'm going into a vision. I said, you're dismissed, God bless you, good night. And I just dropped to my knees and I went right into a vision. And in, in the vision, I was taken by two angels. And it was very sacred. They didn't say anything. And they walked with me in heaven. And we came up to this, woo, this mansion. It was mine. <laughs> woo, it was mine. Oh, my Lord. Oh, woo, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Mm, mm. They take me inside. Real quiet, real quiet. Uh, there's, there's like marble and mahogany wood. And uh, a lot, there's a lot of things on the earth in heaven, but it's all amped up on total higher level but you still see a lot of elements and so I still see the wood and I see all this gorgeous stone and we come down this hallway and they take me into the living room very quiet like and there in my living room on like what looked like a Persian rug with the big fireplace with the fire lit and a beautiful mantle there laying on the rug was our dog Tabitha asleep asleep she had a gold, solid gold collar around her neck, and in, and in, in uh, like in cursive writing, it said Tabitha Brooks. Wow! And she was laying there. That's why the angels didn't want to wake her up. They were real quiet. She was sleeping. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! And then they took her to a dog park, and uh, they didn't allow me to, to talk with her. You know, I, I don't want to use the word talk, maybe, but communicate with her. But they took her on to a dog park and let me watch her. Uh, being taken on and the dog park was probably bigger than England this dog park the angel would take a golf ball and throw it a mile and whoop, there goes Tabitha chasing it and it, it, the whole thing looks like a golf course like, and there there were dogs it looked like millions of dogs but no, no dog mess no dog bags to pick up the mess none of that everything's clean peace no dogs quarreling fighting arguing or anything like that just just phenomenal. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting happy over there. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And the next thing I knew, I was back at the church. All the lights were out, except they left one light on for me. Everybody went home. And I came home happy. No more grief. No more sorrow. <laughs> glory. Is somebody getting blessed? <laughs> woo, woo, woo. See, some of you thought the only animals in heaven were horses. I've got another one waiting for me, but I won't let the cat out of the bag until we get there. It's too, woo. I have a friend that once, a few of the angels took her to an area of paradise that keeps all of the original dinosaurs that God made. She got to see them. They're all there. All there. She, she said the angel called them the prototypes. These are the original dinosaurs that God made. Oh, Woo, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, you've got a mansion. You really need to live for the Lord now. Hallelujah. You need to live for the Lord now. Because those angels are working on your mansions. They're going to be beautiful. They're going to be glorious. And you're going to, you're going to be able to fly in heaven. No restrictions. You're going to be able to travel. I have a, I have a prophetess friend of mine. And uh, she said, Stephen, I was caught up in the heaven one time. And I was taken to a harbor in heaven. But at the harbor, it's not like it was a harbor of water. She said there was a ship, a cruise ship there. And the whole cruise ship was made out of solid crystal. And they were sail the ship was getting ready to sail out, not into the ocean, into the galaxies. You can take tours of the universe. 
Whew, glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to need, you're going to need all eternity. It's just too much fun, too much stuff to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But in these experiences, you receive impartation. You also receive, I can maybe call them prophetic riddles. Some things you begin to unravel. So when you have these experiences, you need to talk to people that are, that, that are walking with the Lord because they can unlock things for you. They can start unlocking things for you. You'll think, well, I had this dream and, or, or this experience, this vision, this would happen. And then somebody starts saying, well, this, did you know that color represents that? And did you know that that was, that? you're like, oh my, I had no idea. So it starts to unfold, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, take me further. Help me to live for heaven. Help me to gain heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. So we want to see souls saved, see the church built up. Oh, Jesus, we give you praise. Oh, there's some saints right now. There's some saints looking over the balcony of heaven, watching you, <laughs> watching you, saying, Lord, give me assignment over this one. I want that one. I want to mentor that one. I have two spiritual mentors. I have Padre Pio and Joseph of Cupertino. I have angels also. But those two, those two have an interest in my life. Praise the Lord. And so heaven looks down. Heaven looks down. And God's going to give you backing, supernatural backing. Glory to God. Stand up and raise your hands to the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord could take any one of you to heaven. Who would you meet? It's amazing what the Lord may want to show some of you. Some of the things that you're going to see. And like the Apostle Paul, there are some things you're not allowed to talk about. I think it goes beyond language to communicate, and it's best not to try. But there's other things the Lord actually says, tell it. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now we're in an open heaven. Let your glory come down. Let your people look for you and live for you and prepare themselves for the next move of your spirit. May they be found on the front lines of the move of your spirit. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Lord, I release the anointing for encounters, for visitation, for heavenly visits. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, just as John the Revelator in the book of Revelation was talking with the person that he called the angel and he fell at the angel's feet and that being said rise I am one of your fellow brethren of the prophets so father he was talking with the redeemed saint a former prophet so father I thank you for holy connections divine connections and I see that you're going to move your people to the front because they need to be at the front to make a kingdom impact I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father God. Uh, the Lord shows me you're going to have a, uh, an encounter with John the Baptist. 
and uh, the, the dear saint, the forerunner of Christ, John the Baptist, you have a heavenly vision. He's going to talk with you and share things with you because as he was an end-time prophetic voice, he's going to share things with you to help equip the, the church to be the end-time prophetic voice declaring the Lord's soon return. Get ready for that encounter. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're under an open heaven. Lord, we just thank you today. Give your people the desires of their heart. We thank you that you withhold no good thing from them. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Amen. Please be seated. Let's honor the Lord with an offering today. Oh, glory to God. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we give you praise. There will come that day when you do stand before the Lord face to face. and You'll see him. You'll be able to talk with him. Amen. But there's also an Enoch company of people that God is raising up. Now the Jewish rabbis, the sages, will actually teach you that while Enoch was the most famous of them, there was actually a whole company that had a close walk with God in the midst of a very crooked and perverse generation that God raised up. And that's what the Lord's doing right now. Raising up His people, equipping them to walk with Him in victory in these end times. And you'll, go, you'll be going back and forth, back and forth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, amen. Let us rise and stand. Father, we just thank you and give you praise. Oh, glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Have you had a chance to give your offering, all giving in? You can walk it to the front if you haven't got it in yet. Walk it to the front. Lord, we just praise you. Lord Jesus, we praise you today. Mm. Stretch your hands towards your giving. Father, we just thank you for every seed sown. It builds up your kingdom. Father, may it be multiplied back to your people with your very best harvest that you have intended for them. And we thank you that it's going to be beautiful things, good things, things that make your people happy. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you that you're pouring out blessing in this hour. In the name of Jesus, say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right. Now, I'm going to turn it back over to Apostle Andy in just a moment. But the Lord, well, he's going to want us to conclude today with a dance, with a praise song. Get ready in your heart for that, okay? Worship team, get ready for that. We're going to go out with a high praise of God in our mouth. God bless you.